a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Do you have difficulties finding your voice and really saying how you feel? I mean, what if you could harness the power of vulnerability to ask for what you need or express your emotions without fear of rejection or conflict. Small actions like sharing your feelings, uh, even in an uncomfortable situation, or even celebrating your own achievements may seem more daunting than it appears because of the emotional vulnerability in sharing who you really are. And this may be because you're a people pleaser or a fixer or over caretaker. And the thought of rocking the boat, having attention be on you or sparking conflict with someone by saying something uncomfortable causes you to shut down that voice. But the truth is harnessing the power of vulnerability and finding your voice allows you to say what you want ask for what you need, express your emotions, and celebrate who you are. And when it comes to dating and relationships, expressing yourself is one of the most important. It's so crucial. And I want to share with you just a couple reasons why that is. Because I think a lot of times people throw out that word, oh, just be more vulnerable. But what does that really mean? And how does that get expressed? So the first reason is it really does increase intimacy because studies have shown that when you are vulnerable with your dates and partners, even as you move on with someone and receive a supportive response from them, this increases levels of intimacy. And intimacy is the level of closeness we feel with people. And when you're more vulnerable about your emotions and feelings, your relationship strengthens and it gets deeper. The second reason is it increases trust. Strengthening trust is another essential piece of showing vulnerability. Being vulnerable means putting faith in others not to betray you or use what you're vulnerable with against you because a lot of times people have experienced toxic situations and people, so your guard goes up and then you're not vulnerable. But the truth is the right people will hear it and want to help you. And while you don't know that every person you can trust can respect your vulnerability, it may show you that your relationship is trustworthy and you have to feel safe with someone before being vulnerable with them. And I would say that you can even do this on a first date. Now, um, again, it doesn't mean TMI, too much information where you're pouring your heart out and saying, let me tell you about my my mother and growing up. It's, It's about like sharing things about yourself and and the passions that you have, the feelings that you have and seeing if they really listen. It's the best way to ward off, you know, people who don't serve you when you express yourself. And the third reason is increasing emotional expression. The ability to express emotions is another reason vulnerability is essential because vulnerability may help you express your feelings, whether they're positive or negative. And new research on vulnerability and coping with stress found that Vulnerability was associated with higher levels of emotional expression and social support. So this is all to say and leads to more intimate and healthy relationships when you learn to open up, take a stand, and allow people to really feel you. 
Now, today on the line, I have a single mom who has a hard time expressing her needs. She's doing a thousand things. She's working so hard. She's a really difficult time setting boundaries and taking a stand. And because of it, she has attracted, I'll just say lopsided and abusive relationships. And I hope I can help her start to find her voice and get over the fears she's having attracting that again. Welcome. Jasmine, are you there? Hi. Oh, there you are. See, see you found your voice. Yeah, <laughs> you already found your voice. Okay, we don't need to do the right. podcast anymore. Um, see how I see I'm so good. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Jasmine, you are, you know, we we had one call together and um I just really felt for you. And I'm just so happy that you're coming on because I think what you've been struggling with so many do. Um and I'd love to just kind of flush this out a little to see how I at least can support you and send you on your way with some like action steps, right? That you can take with you. Maybe just share a little bit, you know, who you are and what you've been struggling with in your dating life. Um, so I'm Jasmine. Um, I am kind of, so I've been married before and I'm just kind of scared of dating in relationships, I guess. <laughs> mm. Um I've been having a hard time just trying to balance and um kind of separate myself from those situations and kind of attaching to somebody that I shouldn't necessarily be with at any point. Um I I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um it's kind of a little hard to put words into it. Um but I just, it can be hard to create those relationships with somebody when you can't really trust yourself and your thoughts behind it. So I guess I've been just trying to figure that out and try to um, show myself that I deserve better and deserve more and not really, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I can't think of it right now. And then yeah, it no, out. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know, I think um, what you said to, is was so true. It's like you said, you know, learning to almost like trust yourself because it's hard, you know, at first you think, well, I can't really trust men, but really what happens, you know, especially when you've had kind of a bad string of relationships, you start second guessing yourself. And that's really, you know, kind of where the journey begins is is being able to trust yourself and, and look at that. What has some of your relationships been like and like who have you attracted? So I have, um, basically I've never broken up with anybody <laughs> for starters, uh, but, um, I, I've, my main relationship that I was in, I got married and, um, he actually, um, it was a pretty emotional, like abusive relationship. And, um, he, ended up um, cheating on me with my sister and like it just caused this whole thing while I was pregnant and I've just had some pretty like dramatic times when it comes to that and even watching like families relationships in the past I've just never really had seen a strong supportive relationship and I really haven't seen a lot of good quality men in that side of our relationship. So um, it's usually just kind of like narcissistic men or um, 
can't really figure themselves out. So it's like the woman supporting the man. And it kind of came to that in my relationship. Um, And it just, I don't know. I I didn't really know how to, I don't know. It was just a whole, seems like a rabbit hole at this point. Because now it's like, I don't see the good qualities. And I'm like, all right, what's wrong with you? What's going to happen? What are you going to do to me? Like, like mm-hmm. good relationships aren't there, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and I totally get that. And, and if you haven't been exposed to, like you said, positive, you know, relationships and have a model for that, it, that's probably all you've seen or, or and it's all that you've known is what you've known, you know? And, and so yeah. the, the notion is to fix that by changing some things about you so that you start seeing something different because to your point I mean you're going to see bad men you're going to see bad relationships everywhere like and you you can't cure them but but there's right. something there's like kind of this like broken record effect that's happening to you where you just keep seeing the same people over and over again and so we got to get you off that like wagon you know and and have you see something different so can you share a little bit about you you said that when you were younger you you didn't have kind of the exposure of a positive relationship what what was your family like um so there was definitely a lot of like um physical and mental abuse when it came to the men in our relationships and our Um. family um, and that's from honestly, pretty much everybody above me, the women that were in there, it was just, um, most of the men weren't working. They would just kind of be at home or kind of doing crazy stuff. And then the moms would be taking care of us and kind of hmm. working so hard that we couldn't really have a true, like normal relationship with them. And it just was constantly trying to um it was just always worried about what was going to happen next and am I going to come home to somebody angry am I going to come home to problems and um I don't know it was pretty it was pretty traumatic as a kid because it was like all the men around me were kind of that job so yeah. <laughs> for a better for lack of better words um, <laughs> no that's a good word that's a good word it sums it up I think we all know <laughs> yeah um yeah oh gosh well that must have been also scary as a little girl like what was your role as a little girl and how you coped with that what would you do when all that was going um, on well honestly I was like the oldest of all of my cousins so um with like I think there was like five of us or so in the house that were kids and it was honestly just me kind of taking care of everybody like whenever something crazy was happening like rushing to help the kids and take care of them and tell them everything was okay and um I don't know if I really ever coped with it it was more of like okay let's get through this let's make sure everybody's good it'll be fine we'll figure it out it's not a big deal you know what I mean just like making sure I'm there to support all of them. And I don't even know if I could think back to like how I really coped with it. Like it was just so normal to me that I didn't even think twice about it. Well, yeah. I mean, you're on like, I mean, it was like a survival mode, you know, you just kind of went in there and did it just to survive. And I imagine during that time too, there probably wasn't a lot of room for feelings that got expressed. Yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. So I've well, that, never yeah. really had to. <laughs> well, I want to share with you like something that, you know, and, and this also could be a strength of yours. I mean, what you learned early on is something that's called hypervigilance meaning that Mm -hmm. you had to really be cognizant of your surroundings, um, the moods of people who needed to be taken care of. Like you were on constant guard of what was about to happen so that you could survive. And that's probably why you're so good at being a caretaker. And like, do you observe a lot of times you find yourself like, observing people and like you're constantly trying to read their emotions and and how people feel I feel like that's always what I'm doing and yeah. it's actually kind of <laughs> exhausting because then it's like uh-huh. it, it almost crosses the boundary of like oh my gosh they're so quiet are they annoyed by me are they pissed off at me like oh did I do something wrong like it's almost constantly trying to read people's right minds and read people's mm-hmm. emotions to kind of change myself in the way that needs to be reflected for them. I don't know how to say that better. Yes. No, you're saying that's exactly right. And it's not that I'm a mind reader, just knowing that like <laughs> this is something that happens to so many people when you grow up in an unpredictable environment, you know, and even in different levels, yeah. you know, and you listening to this episode there, it, it may be something even different where, you know, emotions just weren't expressed in the family and you had to like guess how people were feeling. And Jasmine, you're right. Like that's exhausting because fast forward to now, do you see the connection with that skill that you developed in your ascribed role of being kind of the caretaker and swallowing your needs and not having a voice to share your thoughts? And also being way more hyper-focused on other people. Like, do you see how that's playing out in your life now? Yeah. Like men. Yeah, absolutely. hmm And so, like, when you first dated, like, your ex or maybe some of these other toxic relationships, it, were you, like, kind of putting focus on them in the beginning, too? And, like, you know, wanting to make them feel great and then you know, as soon as you start opening up, they're not there for you. Did you find that dynamic? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely a lot. Like, I would literally spend my time, like, like, I would put my career on the back burner. I would, um, I would kind of put, like, even if it was something as small as going to the store and getting food and picking something that they would want over something that I would want, or, um, like, instead of getting something that I needed and do something that they would have wanted instead of what I would have needed. And, um, not that like I always needed to put myself first, but it's like, you kind of do it away, but, um, it's just constantly trying to make somebody else happy, no matter how it makes you feel or no matter if it's not following your needs. I mean, Jasmine, no wonder you're exhausted. Like, no wonder. I mean, that's a lot of energy, too, constantly trying to please someone Mm -hmm. and not, like, even pausing a moment and saying, hey, well, what do I want? You know, like, how do I feel in all of this? So I can see why it just got, um, and and I'll say, like, it, it almost got easy for you to be in that role because it's just all you knew. 
Right. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't want to say it's all I know now, but it's all, it's, it's a lot more of what I know now. I think being on my own, it's kind of taught me Mm. like how to do stuff for myself more, but then now it's translated over to my daughter, which I mean, I'm going to do that no matter what, (laughs) get the first priorities no matter what, but, um, it's almost more of a natural way of doing it now than with other people. Well, yeah. And like with your daughter, I mean, that's what's so beautiful. And especially like a lot of times caretakers have a hard time giving up that role or say, oh, well, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be mean. And that's not, that's not what it's about. And because being a caretaker is a beautiful thing. So never get rid of that. And that's why you're probably an amazing mom. Like you have so much to give, you know, how to give, you know, how to make somebody, you know, feel good. But the notion is being able to fill yourself up first and realizing that it's not a selfish thing is that when you fill yourself up first and you express yourself, you actually are able to give better, better to your daughter, better to people, better to men. It's almost like I use the metaphor all the time. If you're the pitcher of the water and you have all these glasses to fill, like what good is it if your pitcher is empty? Like you're running you're running right. on empty and you, and and there's nothing to pour into those glasses. And that's why, you know, you might get burnt out. You might feel resentful of people because no one's there for you, but that's on you to start like standing up for yourself, you know, with things that you de- deserve. And that's kind of like, right. Like the, the self-worth thing, if that makes sense. Right. So, well, let's yeah. talk. Yeah. Like, let's talk about where you are now. So are you, dating at all? Like, have you dabbled? What's happening? So, I mean, I dabble, like there's a couple of people that I've dated. Um, I mean, of course I've hooked up a couple of times, whatever, just like Mm -hmm. here and there stuff. And like, I feel like I, I have a very hard time just like actually turning it into like, oh, okay, could I be with this person? Or, like, I don't even, I almost get to the point where I pull away so far where I'm, like, even if I'm interested in somebody, I don't, I don't try to even, like, I almost, like, naturally ghost them without trying to. I'm, like, okay, they're showing interest. It's getting scary for me. I need to pull away now. I got to go be mom. I got to work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like the thought of actually turning it into like an actual further thing kind of terrifies me. <laughs> so uh, I'm like a big old mess about it. <laughs> yes. And understandably so, given what you've been through. So, like to peel away the layers a little bit. So, what's scary really to you about? something that would move on that would be more intimate um well partially it's just kind of opening up like I I think a part of it is opening up up about my past with somebody because I think that's kind of important to share so that we can like work through stuff I think it's important for people to know you and I just Mm -hmm. like I don't want to get like this weird like pity from them of like not taking me as like I don't know how to explain it. I kind see. of do. I think I understand. Yeah. It. Well, it's almost <laughs> like you don't want you like you want him to like you for who you are and not pity you for what you've been through, kind of thing. 
yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to like support me and be there and be cool, but also, I don't know, just being understanding of why I have my things, but then it's just also like how to move past all of this stuff to be able to not let it affect my relationships. Yeah. I just literally feel so like it scares me to think of being with somebody else. Like I've, I feel like I've given so much of me Mm. when trying to be in other relationships that I'm like, okay, I don't ever want to do that again. Like I just kind of, Ah. Like, maybe I'll just be single forever. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like another piece. I mean, one is that you're scared about opening up about the past and someone like authentically really liking you and working through that with you. But the other other scary piece for you is losing yourself. Again, with another guy. Mm -hmm. Even losing them. Like, like, I just, it gets really hard to keep getting broken up with and I know I could be a little, I, I know in the past I've been a little much, but I know I'm not the same now. I, f- I feel like I'd be a completely different person when dating and I wouldn't mm-hmm. throw myself into it as much, but it's just having that vulnerability and openness and like kind of allowing somebody into my life yeah. with the possibility of them leaving again, you know? Yes. It's called the fear of abandonment, really. Like that's a fundamental mm-hmm. probably fear that's overarching everything and again it goes back to you know what you experienced earlier on is that I mean your history has it is that men either are you know abusive not there for you or they leave somehow and Mm -hmm. you know so it you're you're almost like you're in this tug of war I hear it in your head it's like you want something but then you're scared of it at the same time so you like recoil you know it's like that rubber band mm-hmm. effect like you'll go so far with with something and then be like oh god this seems almost too real this something could happen and you you mm-hmm. retract and that's a way of protecting yourself because you don't want to experience that again okay got it I have some ideas for you but um one other question do you like have how are you meeting men right now and like what's the longest um that you've dated someone since you've been single um so i've been single for about 4 years now i haven't dated anybody since my ex oh. um yeah that's a long <laughs> time, a long time. <laughs> okay yeah and i was doing dating apps for a little bit i'm not doing that anymore i just um it's kind of just been who I meet authentically or like sometimes if I go out, I'll meet somebody or um, I just really haven't been like looking for it, I guess. But mm-hmm. if somebody like presents the opportunity, I'm like, okay, sure. I'll give you my number. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I've even talked to a couple of nice, like really nice guys. And I'm like, I just don't really want to make it a whole thing. <laughs> So what do you do with these nice guys? Like what, like, give me a scenario. Like what happens? Um, I talk to them and sometimes I'll message them here and there. Um, I've gone on a couple of dates maybe, but not like fully. I usually kind of make excuses to not like hang out, but then I want to like, it. it's nice to talk to somebody, but then it's also like, I am so scared for it to move forward. Like, I just cannot move past that. Like, like, and it, it could be 
nothing wrong with them. They're perfectly great. But I have this total fear of like, what if they're awful? And what if I don't know? Like, I just don't trust myself in knowing what I'm looking for is good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was working with a woman. She had the same thing go on with herself. And um, we just kind of put her on a a dating diet, as I call it. And (laughs) just like learning how to date without getting attached and Mm -hmm. without getting like too much into it. And this kind of bleeds into what I'm about to share with you and what I think would be good for you too. But you know, with, with that, she learned how to pace herself, no new, like looking at signs, um, what to look for in a guy, like really getting clear on what she wanted. And there was a whole kind of data dating type of stuff that I had her do. And so she, she meets this great guy. Right. And she found herself like wanting to sabotage it. I'm like, what's going on? You know? And if I hadn't been on the call with her, I, I was seriously going to like bop her over the head. I'm like, this, this is a great guy. Why aren't you moving on? And she said, well, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Like something's going to happen. Like it's too good to be true kind of thing. And every time yeah. I like open myself up, bam, something happens. I said, and what if, what if it didn't? Like, what if this is a good guy and how are you going to ever get over this hump of trusting yourself and someone else again, if you don't give it a try and trust that you've been doing work towards this. So I, I kind of helped her through it. Right. And she started dating this guy. I'm happy to say they are still together today. This was like a couple years ago and he ended up being the stand-up guy. The, the ball didn't drop you know, um, and it was working through some of that, you know, anxiety. And I share that because I think there's some ideas that you could do with this whole dating thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So number one is first of all, your mindset. Okay. Because right now I think you're putting way too much pressure on yourself, Jasmine. Like you're like thinking every guy you meet, you're, you're overthinking it. Like you're thinking about the boyfriend and what it means and what's going to happen. Like I hear it in your head, you know, like the way that you're talking about it. And what I would love for you to do is put you on the same diet. I know that we're not like coaching intimately together, but even if there was someone like a a, a good friend or someone who could kind of hold you accountable and just date, learn how to date without getting attached. Like you're almost like you, you have a little girl, like you're going on play dates with these guys. And I want you to start thinking of that. Like you're on the playground, you're just swinging on the swings with them. You're going on the seesaws and you're just going to kind of see who you want to move on and have a play date with. Doesn't mean you have to marry them. Doesn't mean that they're going to be that guy again. Like you have to take it in very small steps. And what I would do in that mindset, like give yourself a three month chunk a period of just doing Mm. that without having pressure of a boyfriend or anything like that right what what would that be like it would be interesting (laughs) 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 Um, yeah yeah. And, and what's interesting about it? Like, would you, that, that's an interesting I word just, you used. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, I think it would be great. I just haven't really necessarily just like slightly, like kind of like dated uh-huh. much. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't want to put pressure on it. I don't want to think about those types of things. So I just got to 
I guess, allow myself to go do it and just have fun. I just, yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's giving yourself permission. And here's, here's how you can protect yourself from like moving too fast is don't have sex with them. Like that just because it sounds like that's what you've been doing. Like either you have an interaction and then you retract or maybe you'll have some hookups because that's also safe. If you think about it, you don't have to get emotionally invested in someone if you're just like hooking up and then moving on. You know, I want you to just like just think of it almost as meetings. Don't even call it dates if that like really, you know, kind of gets to you. Just say, okay, I'm just going to meet a bunch of guys and like like understand what it means to be taken care of. Like uh, just that in itself, Jasmine, would be so nice because you you keep like taking care of everybody else and like have these guys buy you a drink perhaps or take you to a nice restaurant or a, a, a nice walk. Like just be in that zone of receiving. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't think I've ever had anybody take care of me, so. Yeah, but and, <laughs> right. This is all new for you, and you might not even trust it or allow for that to happen because you're scared. So mm-hmm. it, it's really like, for instance, if you went to a bar for happy hour and you sat there, and instead of like ordering yourself an appetizer or drink, what would it be like to talk to the guy next to you and let him buy you a drink? Like, allow that space. Mm-hmm. It's like little things like that. Like I, I think you should just be used to like ha- receiving in some way, shape or form. It's even, um, if you're walking into the market and a guy opens a door for you, allow that to happen, you know, and mm-hmm. I would record, at, you know, and, and journal every time somebody gives to you and how you're feeling about that. It could be a friend too, you know, a lot like asks you, do you need help? Accept, say Yes. Yes, I would love some help with my daughter so I can go have some alone time. Mm. You know, so I that would be kind of, I mean, one thing is to just the mindset around dating and have it be just kind of play dates. The second is just doing things where you're allowing yourself to be taken care of. Um, scheduling a manicure, you know, just anything that you can do to pamper yourself, I think would be awesome. <coughs> yeah, I agree. I um. I don't do a lot for myself, so I think it would help a lot. Yeah, and I know you... to be... Oh, God. Yeah, no, no, no. I was going to say, you just coughed, and you and I were, like, talking about how you're not feeling well, and you're sick, and it's, like, (laughs) reaching out to a friend and say, hey, could you pick me up some medicine? I'm just feeling really, like, uh, yuck. Could 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 you help me? Because it's on you. This is where finding your voice is so important. It is on you to ask for what you need. Otherwise, like people don't know because people know you as, oh, Jasmine, Jasmine got, she's got it. You know, like she's used to doing all the things by uh, by herself. So True. people don't know. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, you got it. <laughs> See that? Yeah. So no, you don't got it. No, it would be nice for someone to come and like take care of you <laughs> and your daughter so that you can rest. Because guess what? You'll be a better mom when you're more rested to take care of her. And you have to start thinking of it that way, that you're filling your cup to help your daughter and other people in your life. And as a caretaker, that sometimes is easier to hear than just like, oh, be selfish or, you know, say things that you need. You will be actually taking care of others better when you take care of yourself first. 
Yeah, I could see that for sure. Okay, awesome. Now, the other thing I want you to do is also learn how to say no. Mm. This is, and and as you can see, I'm not putting you on some crazy dating excursion or anything like that. (laughs) Like right now, you need to just find your voice and be comfortable asking for what you need and expressing yourself. And so if someone asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, say no. If someone wants you to do a shift at work and you can't and you're not feeling it, no, I'm sorry, I can't today. Maybe in, in a week when I have more time. Like that's right. where the, the, the setting boundaries things come in. Very true. Cause I always say yes to work. <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. And again, like I'm not a mind reader and I didn't know this stuff from our call the other day. It's just, I know the, the patterns and here's the good right. news is when you start like recreating a new pattern for yourself, you're also dictating the a different kind of guy to, to come into your energy field too, because the good guys are going to want to give to you. The good guys are going to respect your boundaries and the good guys are going to want to know how you feel. Cause all you've known are the other guys who don't care about you, but that's on you right. because you, you kept putting too much care into them and not yourself. Right. I completely agree. <laughs> Well, good. Okay, so how do you feel about all this? I feel good. Um, I know it's going to be kind of a journey, and I haven't really put a lot of, like, trying to better myself in these ways, so it's going to be... It's going to be hard, and it kind of stresses me out, but I know it's absolutely necessary, and I just want to... I want things to change, you know, I want to, I want things to be different. So that's what moving and everything has all been about. (laughs) Yeah. No. And that desire that, you know, feeling kind of fed up and where you are, I always tell people that's when you leap, that's when you like, you know, hunker down. And here's a way of thinking about it too, Jasmine. It may feel hard, but what you're doing right now is harder. And I think what you're going to find is when you do start saying no and just treating dating as something fun and flirty and, you know, not getting attached and just getting used to receiving, you're going to find that actually life gets easier, not harder. Yeah, I could see that. And I just like, I don't want my daughter to go through the same stuff and watch what I had to watch. And like, I want to be able to teach these things to her and not have her follow my same mistakes, you know? Like, of course, she's going to have to make her own mistakes, but Mm -hmm. if I can figure this out, I'd much rather have her not have to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I love that. And may that be a motivating factor for you, you know? Um, I, I, I think that's beautiful. Now, do you have anybody in your life who could be, like, an accountability partner on this stuff, like just these three things for you? Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of people I could ask and talk to. Cause that's going to help you, you know, just like, Hey, I'm working on this. I like, I hope you can hold me accountable. And, you know, maybe once a week you're, you're doing an outing where you're interacting with some men and just getting used to the male species in a whole different way. Like that's what you need, you know, and maybe just getting, I know you're limited in time and resources based on, you know, 
what's going on with work and, and your daughter, but even like free things, I, you know, like meetup.com or, you know, go to things that are around just so that you're around men and just kind of talking to them. And like you said, the good guys and, and just like allowing them to maybe buy you a drink or do something with you and just saying yes. Right. See, that's where I want you to say yes. And it's the things that you don't want to do is what you're going to say no to. And that's the big difference. It's more of just like not being scared to say yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, Jasmine, you're so awesome. And like here you are struggling with vulnerability and you just came on this podcast and was super vulnerable. <laughs> and I know. <laughs> it was awesome. And, and I hope like what's so cool about this is that you'll have this episode forever. And every time you feel like you want to shut down your voice, like play this episode for yourself, knowing that by you opening up, you now have resources and you might have people even chiming in to help you even more. So like, congrats, like this was great that you did this for yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. All it right. was a lot, but I'm happy I did it. <laughs> good, good. And see, just keep going with it because you'll be happy that you do it in other areas of your life. So thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for joining me today. You listening, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, as always, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you tend to have a hard time expressing your needs and having that voice, as we were just talking about, hop on a free coaching call like I just did with Jasmine. Imagine getting some ideas of breaking that cycle you have been dealing with for so long in just one call. Click the link you see in the show notes to book it. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. Mm-hmm.